0: Welcome to the Manology Project Podcast. I am your host, Quentin Crumby. And on this channel, we're going to be discussing what true manhood looks like as we understand our value, our identity, and our purpose as men using godly principles. Now let's get to it. Hello, welcome back to the Manology Project Podcast. I am your host, your boy Q. And with us today is a good friend of mine, uh, business owner and author, Mr. Terrence pier How you doing, my man?
1: Doing real good, man. That's
0: good. I'm glad to have you on here today with me, man.
1: Happy well, I got to be the, here.
0: I got a good topic for us, uh, me and Mr. Uh, Terrence, or as I call him T. So y'all probably hear that a lot, my boy T. But I brought him on here, man, because. uh we're good friends. And so we're always chopping it up and talking about men's stuff and how should we be better and what can we do to be better and stuff. So I got a topic here. We just want to talk about like, how do we actually handle being burned in life? Uh, the expectation for men and what is expected of men is extremely high. Um, I know it's not talked about as much about for men. Um, you know, we praise, you know, women a lot more and, talk about how hard their job is as a mother and a wife and stuff. So men really don't get that type of insight on how difficult and how hard it is to actually be a man. (laughs) So what we're going to do is we're going to kind of dive into three different areas. So relationship, faith and business. Uh, I feel that these are three areas that uh, continue to put pressure on us as men, uh, which is what I call fires. Uh, We're trying to be successful in our relationships. Whether you're married or you, you you know you're in you know in pursuit of marriage, uh definitely faith. Do I serve God? Do I not? Is God worth it? Is salvation worth it? So we're always in the tug of war with that. And of course, business. We're all chasing after that dollar. You know, everybody is on a grind uh, these days. And so what happens is that some days, sometimes, man, you know, it, it doesn't it doesn't come together. Um, we're both entrepreneurs, so we both kind of really understand that some days, man, you put all that hard work in there and it just does not compute. Like it doesn't measure up to what you thought the output would be. So what we want to talk about is that. What do we actually turn to? So we know most people turn to drugs, uh, sex, violence. Uh, I mean, drinking, I mean, all these things are just very destructive in our life. And so what we want to do is kind of walk down that fine line and then talk about different ways that we can actually take that energy and create, you know, a better narrative around our life. So. So what say you on that,
1: T? You know, it it is crazy (laughs) uh, because being burned by something it basically means someone has fallen short. Um, Something didn't go as planned. There's some disappointment. And for a man, it always, always comes back to the pride of man. His ego is bruised. Right. And being burned basically means I was engaging with fire in a way where I mismanaged my distance from it and it and something that should have lit my 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 room or something that should have cooked my food turned around and hurt me and so usually when a when a man gets burned it's usually in an area where he was vulnerable so yeah. relationships because you get really vulnerable with your friends or a romantic relationship you allow yeah. yourself to open up when it comes to your faith because you're you're giving everything over to to God and you're saying I'm a trust God or um in business because so much of business is driven by the male ego and so yeah. you're vulnerable you're open and when you get burned when you're open that's where you go back to those bad habits um and so I think what tends to happen when a man gets burned he turns to mismanagement and it could be any type of mismanagement like sometimes that's a man good, will turn yeah. to overindulging in alcohol or substance abuse or he'll turn to things that um, don't align with um, high morale, morals or um, but whatever it is, he turns to mismanagement. He turns to something that's not productive. And the reason why I think a man will do that is because the ego has been wounded and we haven't been trained to recover from failure. We haven't. because We're taught that you don't you don't you don't mess up you strong right. you tough you tough it out you tough it out so when you when when culture is saying tough it out but internally you're feeling embarrassed or like a failure what else will you do you you break down and you right. turn to miss you, you you run from responsibility you run right. from management you run away from things that have structure to um, that classic man and you hide <laughs> you hide where you were, where you were once proud right Um, now you hide because now vulnerability has been exposed so now i'm like in the biblical sense now i know i'm naked or now i know that things are showing you've seen that i failed now and we don't know how to handle that so what we tend to do is we run from the very thing that we should be uh, running to so instead of running to being a problem solver or to thinking critically you know engaging with it and learning from failure we run the mismanagement we hide and we shield ourselves. And uh, we numb the pain, we numb the embarrassment, and that's why we often find ourselves in bad situations, um, right. making bad decisions um, because we're running from responsibility. And I think for every man, it's different. Yeah. Well, when you now,
0: so when I look at, uh, I'm reading a book. So I got this book. I don't know if you ever read this book, but this is. Uh, can y'all see that there? Uh, maybe I have to back it up some. There you go. <laughs> Well, it's Andy Stanley, uh, and it's called when work and family collide. Um, so it's been upstairs for a minute. Uh, normally I just grab a book and while I'm working in uh, my downtime, I usually just read a couple of chapters of whatever book I have on my desk. Well, this was a great book. And I was like, we we're having a conversation about men. Uh, these three areas of our life is where we probably dedicate the most thought, uh, Thought, thought energy or thoughtfulness, too, um, which is relationship, uh, faith, and then the business. So we work and family collide. It was it's, it's really a good analogy, because basically there's two things that God left us with uh, that started us off on this earth with. Uh, and work was the number one thing that he gave men. Uh, Before he gave us any ladies, any kids, anything else, we had work. So we can see why the drive or the ego is attached to work. Uh, Work allows us to actually get those uh, the tangible kudos, the the, the tangible attaboys and, uh, you know, basically everything that you can receive from business, a career. Um, uh, you know, everybody's going into entrepreneurship because of the, of what it really gives you when you tell somebody else that I'm an entrepreneur, like you get so much, Oh man, you, this and this and this, and it, it, it does even, something for you. <laughs> it does something for men. I don't care if you just, you know, pushing nickels around when you tell that or, or post that or something like that, it literally builds up that ego. So. Uh, the second thing that God gave us after work was that he gave us relationship. Yeah. So the 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 real conflict or the or where that collision is at now is that how do we balance between relationships and business? And the thing is that I put faith in the middle because basically faith is the only thing that actually combines the two that you can actually have, um, that you can actually find equal balance in both. Um, so having God as center, you know, basically will allow you to have balance in both. If there is no faith, which means if there's no relationship with Christ, then the balance is going to always be off. Uh, your relationship at home with your family basically does not provide the tangibles that a man's ego actually needs to thrive. Yeah. So when we're talking about being burned, And we look at homes right now are a wreck and basically what 72, almost 70 something percent of the fam of homes are are absent of fathers. Um and to go to your point, which is when the time gets going, you know, gets rough, then I'm gonna hide out. Yeah. uh, You know, I'm gonna go and run away from it versus, you know, going and finding myself to actually get educated so that I can actually be better at it. Um, yeah. And, and so what ends up happening is that that collision prov- it starts to uh, create quite a havoc. Uh, when you look at Adam and Eve, right after sin hit, the first two things that happened was that, yeah. man, were going to have to actually till the ground. So God made it easy. Yeah. Stuff, the earth already it yeah. actually reproduced itself to feed Adam. Like yeah. the earth did it himself. It didn't, he didn't have to do anything to the earth. He didn't have to till the ground. He didn't have to do all that stuff. The earth itself reproduced and provided for him. Yeah.
1: And you, after- you kind of just hit the nail on the head with that because yeah. that's exactly the setup was. We call it entrepreneurship. But when God created man, he created man in his image, in right. his likeness. So God was a creator. He spoke right. creation. He formed man. So he creates. So what he did was he said, I want man to create like I create. So right. I'm going to put you in charge of what I create and let you create some stuff. You don't need to do anything. So the so work ethic was perverted through error and mistake. So the yeah. original work wasn't labor. It was stewardship. It was boom. And so the moment, you, the moment he made a mistake, you perverted stewardship. Now it becomes work ethic. So we always brag about, I got a strong work ethic you're making the best of a bad situation because technically (laughs) we were never supposed to work like this. And so when man makes mistakes, it's in his DNA to do that. So man, men like to work. We like to produce a product. If that product is a paycheck, if that product is we have a product out, you know, but we like to produce something and say, this is what I made with my hands. This is what I made with my time. I converted time and I produced a paycheck. I produced a house, I produced a haircut. We we make something. And when we make mistakes, it's in our DNA to malfunction in that same way right and so the I mean, first thing the first thing that happened was god gave us work and so we have to have a good relationship with work so we talk about getting burned and the first thing you talked about was relationship i don't know what it is about relationship, but most <laughs> problems that people have it stems from malfunction in relationship like like yeah, it it, yeah. it brings out the worst in us when our relationships aren't what we want them to be seriously yeah. like it, the best of people the best of people become the worst of people when relationships are, are not healthy. And right. so we get burned. when we get burned in relationship, we carry that around all day long. If you, if you fell out with a friend, if you fell out with your spouse, if you fell out with your girl, the, you think about that, you mad all day, <laughs>
0: you mad all day. You yeah. and, and, and it's a crazy thing. And that's really what they were saying about those tangibles. And they are like, the reason, one of the reasons why relationships, uh, take a dive. Right. So Adam and Eve are the first couple that we can actually use as an analogy. Um, when, when Adam actually messed up.
1: Yeah.
0: Okay. Soon as he messed up, what was the first thing that that dude did? He blamed somebody. So see, and this just go back to your point. Like is in our DNA from, from day one is to flee. Right. So God came down yo hey 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 where you guys at they were hiding right so men and the woman just following the man she don't even know what she's doing right because basically she didn't she didn't plunge us into sin she just looked up and said man I can see that we have no clothes on so something is jacked up and the first thing he had to tell Adam is that dude like who told you you were even naked and
1: yeah.
0: right there well this woman that you gave me and then the woman said with well, a serpent that." our dna is based around if we can't do it right then we start to deflect immediately we start automatically we start pushing the blame on anything so that, i mean like drugs violence and all that stuff that's a, just a deflection of not having any ownership i think that as men we to 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 really get us away from having that type of collision is to really have ownership and that ownership to me always start at day one right so that it starts takes you back to your family and then what was actually produced in you and what did you come out of yeah like whatever you came out of if it wasn't if you're not totally healed if you're not totally delivered if you're not um uh, if you don't have a sound mind um you're basically going to go and be able to be penetrated even that much more easier by the losses so when stuff is not working yeah. right if you don't, because I mean, you got some people who who just fight through it and they just say, my life was screwed up but I'm going to fight through it. Once they actually give it into a relationship though, then that's <laughs> when the crappy part of their life starts to show because nothing yeah. presses you more than trying to build a relationship with somebody else.
1: And what happens when that, you know, in that moment where that relationship falls apart and it exposes, yep. you know, what what is actually exposed exposing is your foundation because you don't know how jacked up your foundation is until life happens to you until the wind comes and you can build a house all day and say it's strong you can't say it's strong until the wind hits it and so many times the relationship is that wind losing your job is that wind you know once once it friction happens once life happens to it that's when foundation is tested so sometimes there's cracks in our foundation and we didn't even know. We are, we are here building businesses, building a relationship. We never took a look at our basement to say, you know what, there's a leak right there where my dad wasn't there. Or there's a right. leak right there where I was disappointed and no one didn't esteem me. And so when you don't deal with a leak in your in your a crack in your foundation, the yeah. whole house is vulnerable. And the yeah. house could be that relationship. The house can be um the financial plan. You know, all, everything rests on the foundation. Right. And I think that's what happens, especially in relationships. You know, the moment <laughs> something pops off and happens, just like, oh, you didn't know you had a temper. Oh, you, oh, yeah. You got a temper. Right. Oh, oh, you right. didn't know that you're bad, right. you know, that you're reckless because you weren't tested by life. And then it is increases the shame. You can't. It's like you can't even recover. You were never taught to recover from failure because you were never given permission to fail. So how yeah. we have given our men permission to fail and permission to cry and permission to be vulnerable. They can manage it better in their 20s and 30s. But because they were never taught to manage it and just to be tough through it. When life requires management skills and you don't have them. Now you're 35 years old and that five-year-old is having his tantrum for the first time in that marriage. And now you've cheated on your wife or now right. you've run away from that business because you never had a chance to, to be strong in those areas um, where you have vulnerabilities.
0: Yeah. I like the management piece uh, that you speak of. Um, and I, I'm even going to take that because that is probably the, one of the most intricate pieces. I think that we as men, uh, we, I think we suffer from that. So I, su- I think we suffer from being to actually be able to actually manage these three major areas or components of our life that demands us to be at our highest or our best. So when you're in business, it requires you to be at your best. When you're, uh, when yeah. you're serving God, you have to be at your best. Can you be perfect? No, but you have to be at your best, meaning that you have to humble, you have to take down, you know, what I'm saying? It, it requires a lot of energy. And then and like you said, relationships are just one of the ones that um, if we look at relationship for what it really is, you know, because the relationship with Christ literally presses on you. That's why a lot of people don't really, they'll live maybe a shallow life of Christianity versus a deep relationship with Christ. Because when you get into a real relationship with Christ, he's going to press on the crack foundation, right? Like he's only going after the crack foundation. Like You know, Jesus is not trying to be in your living room and in the family room and in the game room. He's going straight down to the basement and all all around all four or five or six walls that you have around. And he's pressing up against that because basically he's letting you know that, yo, you got a leak here. And the thing is that I want you to actually this is where that management comes in. Right. If you're never taught to actually manage it, when you feel that you have a leak, you'll just sell it, you know. My house got a leak in the basement, man. Dang, why y'all move, man? The basement was leaking, man. I just said bump it. Well, you know, you could have just, just moved on. <laughs> you you could have put an insurance claim in or you could have had somebody come over and fix it. I mean, it, it was other thing, but that's just not an understanding how to manage it. we just throw money at it because that's easier for us to, to save face on anybody else. I don't want nobody to know I bought a limit. I don't want nobody to know this. I don't want nobody to know that. And it's like, yo, you got to really take time out to actually understand that it's okay to be pressed on. Uh, I don't think that you become the best that you can be uh, without being pressed Uh, and relationships press you Uh, building a a relationship with Christ. It presses you building a a business presses you. The only thing is, is that men throw themselves into business because of the tangibles, because they know that, man, if I work hard, I get my yes and I get my pat on my back today. The other two, you don't get that. When you walk yeah. in, in faith, you don't get a kudos today.
1: Yeah, you know, Jesus. I mean, not- we, we want something that's going to boost our esteem. We, we look that's- for something that's going to make us feel good about our contribution. And the, and here's the thing: oh, when that's it comes good right to yeah, good. when it comes to relationship, when it comes to finance, and when it comes to faith, at the end of the day, what the most important thing that a man must manage, and this is so important, a man must manage his decisions. Yes. Because really, when God put Adam and Eve in the garden at the very beginning of, of a thing, it yeah. wasn't so much that it was the tree or the fruit. It was a decision. I'm giving you a choice, chance to right? make a decision. Yeah. I never took decision away from you. So I'm giving you a choice. I'm telling you what you shouldn't do. Here's a tree. Don't mess with it. Don't even go near, you know, whatever. But if you do, you know, there's consequences. So he could have easily have just taken that will out of man to even be curious about it. Why did he leave the curiosity there? Why did he leave it as an option? Because me being a God of integrity, I never want to lord over you and take away your choice. Part of the best part of being human is you get to choose things. And so as a man, we have to learn how to manage our decisions. Everything, anything that you don't manage, eventually you will mismanage it. Yeah, and so things fall apart because decisions were mismanaged. And so when a man hasn't been given permission to fail and learn from it, he'll mismanage that learning opportunity, and he'll do whatever he's going to do, and it's, it doesn't end well. Like yeah. relationships are a perfect example. If you mismanage a relationship, it's going to be chaos. Like you have everything must be managed. I think men just want every. They have a, we have a tendency to want things the way we want them. We want to control it. It's going to be what I say. Yeah. It's going to be how I want it. And that's just the mismanaged That's perverted management. That's that's right. that's manipulation. That's control. Right. And it, that doesn't produce the fruit of, of a balanced life. And right. so when you don't manage relate, like for example, you can be married and mismanage sexual intimacy, because yes. if, if your wife's not in the mood, what are you gonna do? You gonna go cheat on her? Like, like you mismanage right. your, your sex drive? <laughs> or say right. for example. She wants to talk it about, are so oh, we going to redo the basement of the drapes? And you're saying, we ain't spend the money. Okay. Why can't it be a partnership? You just mismanaged communication. Anything that you don't, you, you have to approach everything from the perspective of management. So what do right. management skills look like in a relationship, in money? Um, most of the time when we go to a job, we're stripped of our management and we just do what we're told. Right. And so for a for man, it's like, something breaks down in you a little bit. So when I can't control things on the job, I'll go find somewhere else to control it, where right? it me feel like a man. That's You're hurting, right. sir. Like, like right. who hurts you? Who, who burns you to where, because your boss told you what to do, now you to go home and be, beat your wife. Or because right. you're, you know, so anytime your ego was damaged, you don't know how to self-reflect and say, this is a me thing. This isn't right. the job. This isn't the economy. There's something in me that needs to mature. There's something in me that needs to be a problem solver here. There's something in me that needs to learn from this and from there, you grow and you evolve and you become a better version of who you are. But when you don't have those management skills, you just think they have to get me or they don't understand. It. <laughs> and you, I mean, and that's really what it is.
0: Right. That's really what it becomes. <laughs> it really becomes. Um, and, and that's why I said and you that it, which is it, it automatically becomes where everything is more of an attack than actually some some actual accountability for your actions of what you have going on. Um, And I look at when I look at being burned or if I look at, you know, life, there's all these curveballs. I mean, me and Melissa was married. And in the beginning, I probably lost like 14. I got laid off like from like 14 jobs. I got laid off from, which was like crazy, right? Uh, Yeah, yeah, It was literally like a banana. It was like so crazy. We just couldn't even understand what in the world was going (laughs) on. Um, But the one thing that really uh, struck me was, is that, uh, and this is just going to your management uh, piece, is that yeah, uh, how I was able to manage every time that happened, uh, coming home, uh, grinding it out, you know, going and uh, not sending out resumes, taking resumes uh, to, a, to a place because I have a wife now. And so mm-hmm. what I want to do is I'm still trying to build or create this space for her to feel secure. Uh, but like you said, you can turn around and mismanage something. And then what that happens is it just turns out that something in me had never been healed. Like, and, and I know guys, I know, look at me. I know we're, we're perfect in every way, but the thing is that, and only women are damaged and hurt and bruised and beat up. And that's just not the truth. The truth is, is that you have many women who are in that place because of broken men who have just dumped on them. They're, inability to actually hold themselves accountable. So what, because remember women were actually, women were created for men. Like they were created for us, which means that God actually said, Hey, they're actually under your protection. They're under, uh, they're, they're under your care, not, not for you to put your foot on top of them. You know, submission didn't mean that you actually control them or run over them. submission really just meant that you create this space where caring, loving, uh, they can come broken and be healed under the atmosphere that you created. But as men, if we're burned, singed, torched, uh, and like you said, you don't really know that. When you spend all your time building a business, you don't really know, you know, you don't see any of that. Uh, yeah. It's not until you actually have that family life. Uh, or have or have kids or something that something that literally doesn't press on just the exterior uh, because yeah. relationships. It press on the interior, which is, you know, that, that the the real meaty part of you that's compassionate and loving and stuff. It presses on if that is there or if it's not there. So you can't just Damn. say, that oh, I love everybody. I'm compassionate. <laughs> Your family will press on you. And when you don't have that to actually uh, produce falls right what you said. You now you're back frustrated because basically I can't produce what someone is asking me to produce. My Man, wife wants
1: <laughs> you, you just you just said a thing. So here's the th- the worst possible moment for you to realize oh snap, I'm drunk is when you already behind the wheel of the car and you're driving. Like that's a bad that's bad that's timing. Bad. So you <laughs> already got the the marriage, you already got the kids and now you realize I've never been taught how to be a man. That's a bad situation to be in. It's dangerous. Now everybody's vulnerable to where you lack education. And so I like, I like what you said earlier. So it's like most, even if you were to talk about how women were, made for men. Try having that conversation with a man who ain't spiritual. He's going to pervert that whole thing you just said. Even a woman <laughs> would look like, like, you can't even have that conversation until we fix what's malfunctioned in you. Because you're going to interpret right. that from a mindset of perversion and think, right. when I say women is, ma- oh, you you think women are less, t- see, you're not even able to have this healthy conversation because no. y'all are fallen nature. You're fallen right. man. And this, like the Bible says, is foolishness to you. Right. And so it comes down to how do you fix the broken man? Because, in order to start putting windows and buying furniture, you can't do none of that till you fix that crack. Here's the thing yeah. some people don't prioritize that as being important. So, you go ahead and you're gonna buy the furniture anyway. You're gonna put up the dry, you see there's a crack in the foundation. Oh, we'll get to it later. And that's why that's yeah. not being a masterful builder. You gotta prioritize a healthy foundation. Here's the thing most people don't care about foundation because nobody see foundation. They can't. But you see foundation. God sees your Dude, heart. But because people can't right. see it, you don't flex there. You you want to polish what people can see and clap for and give you applause for. So I'm going to make sure right. I get a big house, a nice car, good clothes. Nice. Hair. I'm going a, I'm to a make it look really good, even though it's on a weak foundation. You OK with a weak foundation? Like who builds on a weak foundation? Somebody who doesn't prioritize safety. And so as a man, exactly. you that's don't prioritize way. the fact yeah. that your foundation will make your house better. So it's like, we have to start with foundation. I can't talk to you about furniture, drywall, upstairs, bathroom. We got to talk about this foundation because we're, we're all broken people, we're, man is, we're born fallen. So how do you fix a broken man who's broken by relationships? Cause he has 15 years of being at 15 years as a teenager. He's had 15 years of broken relationships or healthy relationships. So Did you see right. a healthy marriage? Or not? So you were exposed to some things by 15 to 20 years old. We got to heal that. Number one, right. sir, you have permission to heal as a man. Right. So most men don't know. And we're in a different time now, but back in the day, we're not having dialogue about healing men. Dude, that's off, right? So we ain't talking about that. You know, we get out there and go to work. I was gonna say raise up, (laughs) but but you broke these men. You broke a whole generation of men and you wonder why we have a rape culture. You wonder why like you you wonder why things are the way they are, where consent is an issue, because you had a whole generation of broken men and you never took time to heal them. And then but then we want to turn around and judge their decisions. Well, he cheated on his wife, but what did his dad do? What did his right. uncle do? What did the, the neighborhood men show him? So it's like, we have right. to have compassion for the broken man, even if he doesn't raise his hand and say I'm broken. That's the hard part. Right. Because a man won't always raise his hand and say I'm broken, but we have to have enough non-judgmental perspective to say, how can I heal him without hurting his ego? Cause he can't let go of that ego. How do I do that? Right. that that's a hard thing to do. And I think what you're doing through your project is you're trying to heal where men are broken, even if they're not putting their hand up and giving them permission to say, it's okay that you don't got it all together, sir. Like, I know you tough, I know you you're strong, I know you're smart, all that stuff. You got it going on. But it's okay to, to be better in this one area of your life. it's okay right. to talk about it. Give him right. permission because society hasn't given him permission to be vulnerable. Right. His, his his girl probably hasn't given permission to be vulnerable. She's it down and she's she's you know, she's snapping the neck, you know. So right. there's a lot right. coming at this guy, and he already damaged goods, but deep down inside, he may be a solid guy. Um, so first it's like, how do we heal that broken man in his relationships? How do we heal that broken man in his faith? And how do we heal that broken man in his finances? We got to take a look at the foundation. Where are the cracks? Right. Where are that the cracks is,
0: is. So now when you look at guys, so, you know, so now, you know, we're telling guys, yo, dude, we know that life throws all these heavy weights. It's extremely tough. Yeah. Um, you know, when things don't add up and then, you know, the wife or the girlfriend or whatever your situation is, somebody is all over you to fix it. Um. And so then that's when it that's when the rubber meets the road is that that fixing part. And that's going to always tap back into, like you said, that foundation. Right. And you're right. So that's what this podcast was really created. And I'm very happy that you just gave me something, which is giving me permission. Yeah, So I think that literally is something I'm going to add. That's probably what my tagline is going to be. I think I'm putting that on there is that because I told you I've, I've been trying to figure out what's the better. But I'm going to give. I want this. this is. podcast. There it
1: is. That's it. <laughs> but it's I'll just tell what, like like when you when you're fixing foundation, the first thing you have to fix. And this is just my perspective, my experience. Um, the first thing that you have to fix in a man when his foundation has those uh, in need of repair fixes decisions. Because yes. you can decide your way out of anything. I'm gonna say right. that again. You yes. can decide your way out of anything. It's right. when it, it's like I have to fix how you make decisions. Life's gonna happen. Bad right. things are going to happen, but you have to make decisions on how you are going to engage with it and respond to it. So I got to fix your decisions. You can't pop off at the mouth every time you're stimulated to do so. You can't always, you know, be ready to fight all the time. Now you can put hands. Sometimes it's necessary to put a little, put the little hands, give, give them all the yeah. smoke. But you, sometimes, yeah. you're the consequences. I, I showed up with all the smoke. Now I'm in jail, and now it's bail money right. to get you out. It ain't cute no more. It ain't cute when you're in jail fighting for your virginity, homeboy. So it's right. like we, we have to make better decisions. And we have to mentor men in decision making because if you can make the right decisions, everything from there will. Now your foundation is starting to heal. Because I decided I ain't gonna cuss you out today, even though you you really deserve it. I'm not right. going to. Not because I'm scared I'm gonna go to hell. Because I want a better foundation. It's right. my perspective has to change. You know. I, you know. I really should, um, you know, my my, my, my lady, she, she's, she's saying some things. Maybe she's in an emotional place in her life and she's saying some things. Maybe I've done something, you know, I got to be careful how I engage with her. Don't try to argue with a woman. You're going to lose every time, sir. So it's like, do I just sit back and kind of you know what you just said a lot? Let me process the things you just said. It's kind of hard for you to hear me say that I'm a liar. It's kind of hard for me to say that I'm a failure, that I'm insensitive, whatever it is. And so let me process everything you just said, and maybe we can come back and talk about that's a decision. Not to sit there and fight it out. Or you know, so whatever it is, let's decide differently. And this is the thing, not just that one decision, because you don't build a house off of one brick. That foundation is a lot of cement. So I have to make a lot of decisions to repair what's broken in my foundation. So that's the first thing is address it how you make decisions. And then what do you lean on to make decisions? We talked about faith. That means I gotta decrease. <laughs> That right. something else can increase, you know. So I'm I have to lean on faith. Maybe I'll lean on the wisdom of some brothers who've been alive for a long time, or maybe right. you know, I, I, the ego has said that I got to lean on them to influence what my decisions. Um, right. So a lot of us are starting from scratch because we didn't have this growing up. We didn't have people we could lean on, and a lot of men were raised by women. We were raised by single moms, and so we've gotten the perspective of right. a woman. We've never had the perspective of a well-balanced man, right. Right. and so it takes a lot for a man to humble himself and admit. I'm going to need some help in this journey called life. That's a decision you made to seek counsel, to seek, to seek advice. And And it's okay. I mean, it's, it's, I
0: mean, I think that that's, you know, I I've learned, you know, in this journey with this podcast and, uh, just, you know, talking to a lot of guys and um, I'm finding out that on a one-on-one guys really do have their hand up. Like you just can't see it. Right. You know, it's, it's, it's invisible, but, when I'm talking to them, they got two hands up. Some of them got their hands yeah. up with their feet up, and it's like, you know, definitely, dude. I actually need to hear this. I mean, I told you, you know, you know, we're friends. So I, I've told you many a time. Like the gym is my hotspot for, uh, for just kicking it with guys, man, and 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 getting a feel on, you know, how to help and what can I do and extending myself out, giving my number out to guys who first time meeting them, uh, but just leaving myself open to just give my experience of not only being 45 years old, having 23 years of marriage, I got two kids. Uh, I've grown up in church all my life. I also didn't live for the Lord for a a large amount of my time. Uh, you know, I smoke, I drunk. I mean, I, all these things, I got like all these things on my, on my list and I can actually talk to you. So what happens is that a lot of people get it confused because I'm this nice guy here, you know, but I had a temper. I fought a lot. I was a, you know, I was a tough little cookie. Uh, but that was something that was, broken in my foundation that was from my dad you know like like you said and the the, the good thing is that i recognize it because you're right we know what the cracks are everybody else can't see it but i know what it was yeah i understood that one thing i couldn't do is i could not take on a responsibility as the head of a home and not have self-control like man like I I couldn't tell you I had all the pieces put together, right? Because nobody knows how relationships and marriage and stuff is going to work. But I knew one thing that was not going to be able to work because I saw my mom and dad have that. So I saw my dad foundation was broken with not having self-control or having a short fuse, a temper. And so him and my mom got divorced when I was 10. So, of course, I'm looking like, well, you know, I'm drinking and doing my thing. But I'm thinking, hey, before I get married, it's it's two things that's going to happen. I'm going to live for God because my mom and dad didn't. So I'm just literally trying not to have a divorce, get a divorce. Right. So I already got no rhyme or reason. All I could think of is I'm not getting divorced. And there's two things that was missing from my mom and dad. And it was uh, my dad. It was no self-control. And then there was no it was no relationship with Christ and leaning to Christ's understanding for how to operate as a husband. In a household. So, dude, like I said, I'm doing my own thing. But those are my two things. So, you know, when those I, are your I listen, yeah. those are my two things. But the thing is this it's okay, fellas, to be able to look at a vulner, something as you're vulnerable at. Just grab one guy. You know what I'm saying? You don't have to go and you know, put out this big old get you on know, here on Facebook and, and tell everybody your business and all that stuff. But everybody has a great a guy in their life that they can actually lean they on. They should. And, and I was going to say that, but if you don't, then you do have like podcasts out here that you can research. Like, don't just listen yeah. to every podcast. I'm not telling you that my podcast, no research, follow, follow the person who's talking, see what they're going reach out to them, find out because you don't want to go with you know, the image, like don't follow people because of image. You want to follow people because of reality. What is their, what is their reality? So sometimes you have to actually get into somebody's personal space, you know, because if you're serious, if you reach out to me and I don't know you, but you reach out to me and say, dude, I need to get in contact with you. And I think that I need to be, I need to be part of your circle. Then I'm going to give you my number because first of all, something you saw something like you saw something over here. So, my thing is that why not go ahead and let you get the fuel view? Whatever you're looking for, I'm gonna give you access to see it. If you see it, then I then now I can become an actual tool or a help aid for you. And yeah. I and I always say this, and I told you that when we first time we met, just because it looks like you're coming to me for something, it always works both ways. God designed it that way. Relationships are always built like two way streets. Something's going in from you. Something's going in from me. I'm pulling something out of you. You're pulling something out of me. Uh, I don't care if it's a straight hood dude that's on the street. If you hook up with him, you may not be as tough. He may be able to teach you how to have some street awareness. Not saying that you're fighting and shooting and killing, but awareness for protection for your family. You know, you may have not even, you may have grown up in a wealthy situation and you, you don't even understand how to have awareness and this guy, might you might be, become friends with him and he just teaches you, like, dude, you got to start being more aware, bro. You're just walking around. <laughs> and so what it does is that it you find yourself now, man, I've been helping you for, for the last five years. And now my wife is telling me, man, babe, you're so, you know, your head is on a swivel. You know, when did you start walking around like that? Well, basically because you thought that you were helping this young guy who, who from this hood and streets and all that stuff. And what ended up happening is that, some of the qualities that he actually has around awareness because that's one thing that live in the streets like if you from that hoodish urban area stuff, you're that's a one quality dude that you just don't find anywhere else It's having actually awareness you know my sister always says that out in California, she was like, bro, one thing Detroit taught me was to have that Detroit sense like you have an awareness around things going left so oh, you hear. 50 blocks over, two dudes going at it. It's like, I gotta go. You know, it's like, what you hear? I heard something. I gotta get (laughs) out of here. It's just our awareness of what you have. And so the thing is that you can always glean from each other. And then all we're trying to do is actually help each other process. You will get burned. I got burned. T got burned. Our dads, our families, this, that. You're gonna take some hits. Do not think that I'm not gonna take a hit or why am I always taking hits? I promise you, if we put all the men on a one big old 10,000, uh, every day we put uh, different men on there, we'll all talk about all the hits that we've taken over the years. And yeah. I'm saying this because T said it, it boils down to the decision.
1: And, and Can, the thing is it's like a lot of people don't want to get burned, so they won't ask. And I respect anybody. Seriously, I respect anybody who will reach out and ask for help because it's like, right. number we, one, if that's someone who's listening, it's like, I applaud that. I think you yep. demand for that because it takes courage to be vulnerable, especially when you've been, when that didn't work out before, you know, when you, when right. you tried to be, and it didn't work out and for you to try, I respect that so highly. Right. But when we avoid that vulnerability and we avoid sharing our story, you're not going to be tough because of your resistance. You you're right. gonna lack it because you didn't engage and and learn something from it. Right. Um, you know what? So when someone is saying, you know, like you 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 put it really well. I had a past. I used to do this. It's like now you're giving me permission to not be perfect, and sometimes that's all I needed. So you're telling me that you right. made mistakes. You're telling me that you didn't have it all together. I, it's cool that you got it made, and I, that that gives me hope. But the fact that you didn't always have it all together is what really resonates with me when I'm like, okay, that means my situation can change. The best thing you can give a man who's broken is hope that things can be different. Because all they've seen is a track record that has told them otherwise and a society that tells them otherwise and the culture who says, you know, so when you give somebody a different perspective, now that's why sometimes when I'm real negative, and I can be that way. I'm real negative. I want to wallow in my, my, my negativity. I don't want, you know, I just found out some bad news. Don't give me hope because I'd rather be negative. I want to stay <laughs> here. Because why don't you give me hope? I'm accountable that I can make a better decision and maybe have a better outcome. I don't want yeah. that accountability. If you be <laughs> negative, don't tell me no good stuff. I would prefer to sit here and do what I know I should not be doing, making bad decisions and not worried about consequences. Because if you give me hope by telling me if I do the right thing, it can get better, now I'm going to be accountable. There's something in me that is going to connect with that hope. And so a lot of men will run from that because the moment you tell them it can get better, they know they can't turn that off. They can't unsee that. They can't unhear that. And so when you say, man, I used to have a bad situation. I was locked up. I lost a job. I was laid off 14 times. When you say that, it's like, so this don't have to be where I die. This don't have to be where it stops for me. Now you give me an option. So now I got to make a better decision because now there's another outcome. I So it's like the way to heal a broken man, expose him to the turnaround, expose that man to how, yeah, man, I was in that same situation. Because too many dudes out here, especially people who were supposed to be mentors and supposed to be leaders, supposed to be fathers, they lied to these men. By saying, you know, I've always had it together. When I was your age, I worked hard. No, nah, man, when you was my age, you talk back to your mama. You know, you, it, it's like right, right, you lie right. to these men. So when that man fails, he has nobody to relate to because everybody's Superman. So when you right. show him Clark Kent, he's looking like, oh, I can be a hero, too. I can have a nice family, too. It may not be Q's family. It may not be T's family. But I can have something for me that works for my life. And now I'm leaned into that. Right. Now I'm going to reconsider my decision making. Now, now I'm all in. Because now I've given you hope, and so one thing that's important is even if a guy has messed up and made some mistakes, the, the number one thing a man wants to do after he's messed up is for somebody to forgive him. <laughs> it's like, dude, I mean, you, dude, you know your girl. Now you want to call Q because now she keeps you out the house, and now you now you sad, now you got the boo boo face. Is like, now you know, now you want to do better? Right and now you got get locked up. Now I gotta <laughs> live right. God, I promise if you get me out of this, Lord, I, right. I promise I never. It's like once you in trouble, now all of a sudden, like don't don't let it get to that point. Where your vulnerabilities have led you down a road of mismanagement to now it's like consequences are starting to kick in. And that's what that's, that's, that's the biggest trick in the book. The biggest trap is when a man is tempted but doesn't see the consequences. And then he messes up and then the consequence is going, hey, we're here to collect on your future. you going to jail. Um, you got that girl pregnant. Um, you got an STD. Uh, you about to lose your job, sir. It's like right. when the consequence is not, now we're looking for help. Don't let it get to that point. If you know right. you're you're messing up, if you know that you're vulnerable in the area, seek out and talk to a brother. Seek out and talk to somebody who can help you to, before you make that mistake. Because you may be able to recover from that mistake, but if you can avoid it in the first place, I would say shoot for that. You know, Life is going to yeah. hand you tests anyway. Don't do extra credit. Don't add yeah. burden to, to, you know, life is already going to have many troubles. Don't add to that. So if you right. feel yourself about to make a mistake, it's okay to lean on that faith a little bit and spend that time with God and pray about a thing to really make sure God changed my perspective. Let me see this thing right because I'm about to pop off. I'm about to do the wrong thing or talk yeah. to your brother, talk to Q, talk, you know, it's okay to be vulnerable to avoid that pitfall because that's the biggest trap for men is you know you damaged. Like you said, you know where those cracks are and right. you're not going to do nothing about it. You're setting yourself up to make them walls collapse.
0: Right. And you're literally walking through your own home trying to actually put, you know, putty or mud over these cracks so nobody will see them. Um, because like you said, you want to put furniture, you want to put big screen TVs, you want to do all this stuff to it. You know, you put in your Fendi, you got your Gucci, you got your Lambo. Exactly. You got it up. And so what you're trying to do is you're literally trying to cover up some actual real brokenness. hair. Uh, yeah. Uh, and you can really look at it when you look across the industry. Uh, I was just talking about uh, uh, this to a friend of mine, and we were talking about like Dame Dash, and you know, and you can just see how broken, how broken he is. Like to only be still so angry in life at this part of your life uh, show that you just have some brokenness. And then if you ever follow him and, and you know and his family and all that stuff, and then you can kind of see how it leaks all the way through. And it's like. Um, That To me, you know, and I'm only talking about it because basically his life is this stuff has already played out over TV. Like he's on this is a TV situation. This is not I'm just talking about him because but this is his life played out over television. And I'm looking at it and it's just my perspective or my the way I'm looking at it. I'm like, you know, a broken dude. And then you created broken kids. And so and even his own son said it was like, dude, it's something messed up. Like we are a messed up family. And it stems from you, dad, like you jacked up and now you got us all jacked up. And so like and that's why just to go back where you said, like, so, you know, that stuff is messed up. Like, you like know. His son able, listen, his son is able to see that, dude, not just my foundation is cracked up, but it's cracked because basically it's inherited because my dad's foundation. Is cracked. Up. So when you watch in the show, his son is literally trying to find out how not to be. So his son is literally, him and his sister are trying to find out how not to be. And this is no knock on Dame. It's just that we're talking about being burned in life. He felt like he got burned in life. So Dame had turned, I'm sure he was a different guy before he got burned by Jay-Z and all other stuff that he said he was burned by.
1: He was a different guy before the burn.
0: He was a different guy before he became this new guy after a burn, but not having that real relationship with Christ or actually accountability, just saying, you know what? I've learned from that. I definitely gonna go a different way, but you know that you only know if you've moved out of that space when you don't have any anger attached to it. Like when there's no anger, bitterness, resentment, um, when you don't have any of that, you know that you have now moved on. You've actually a healed person. Um, that's one thing I love about my, like me and my dad. Like, so me and my dad are like, you know, if I could just twist my finger one more time, that's how tight we are. Um, yeah, it's just like we're. Arthritic, really kind of dude. I mean, we're very, very tight, but it was basically because of uh, uh, of ownership. Um, yeah, and and my dad, he made him had a good long talk, man, and it was just ownership. And I told him, I was like, You having that ownership, it literally helped set me free on my mm-hmm. end. Like, I wasn't gonna do it, but I really felt like, Man, wow, so it wasn't me dreaming like I saw A, B, and C. It did happen. Like you said, my father did ask for forgiveness. I did yeah. forgive him because I have a relationship with Christ. My dad does now. Now we've inserted Christ in there, which is the ultimate healer. So of course, that's why my and my
1: dad are like this. It's not because Man, and, of- you, and you and you just said the thing, when you fix the foundation, the whole that's house feels it.
0: The whole house, the everything and even me and my dad, both we talked everything about. Everything you connected to everything connected to my dad moved in the right direction. Alignment. Yeah. And listen, all aligned then. My sister's thriving. My brothers are thriving. Everybody is moving. Man, straight. that's awesome. And listen, and my, my, and my mom and dad never got back married or anything, but my mom and my dad have a great relationship, uh, which now we glean from that relationship. So we glean that.
1: Are they know, both remarried?
0: My dad is remarried. My mom is not. Uh, okay. So to watch that and to watch what they have even from there Uh, being able to come for Christmas and all of that kind of stuff, man, that stuff is like really empowering, especially for like grandkids and stuff to be able to see that, man, our grandparents made a, you know, made something really good out of a, out of a situation that was really, really bad because some people still haven't even gotten over it. Like I know people who parents are still, It's still not right. It's like, y'all been divorced for like 40 years. Like somebody should have been given that up, but no one ever went back to actually fix the foundation. And if you, hey, hey, fellas, look at my eyes, man. If you screwed up a woman, if you screwed up your kids or something, the only way to really make it work is just go back and apologize and really have a sit down. Like don't call them over the phone. Don't text them. Go and sit face to face and tell them, how messed up you were! How jacked up! Don't talk about what your mama did and what your cousin did. No, this is what I did.
1: Take ownership.
0: When you take full ownership, I don't care how bad it was. Your people around you will forgive you when you take ownership. The only time when you're in a jam is when men don't take ownership. So when you hear women ranting and men are this and men bashing and stuff of like that, is it's only because men just won't take ownership of their crap and it, and, it, and
1: i get it. it i i completely get it. that can be hard to do because it's like yeah. the word humility looks just like the word humiliation, humiliation like it's, right. like, like it's like they right there and it's like i don't <laughs> want to be humiliated but no this right. be just be humble right. and uh, it's like take the lower position be willing yeah. to take the lower position because that's where the foundation begins in the first place because if you take that lower position Like things can be built on that. It's like so. Sometimes you got to be willing to be that rock and be that consistency and do the right thing. And I get sometimes it's not hard because of you know temptation or whatever. Sometimes it's hard to do the right thing because it's humiliating to come back and say, you know what? As a man, I'm embarrassed to say I didn't. I made a mistake. Take ownership. And you you may you may cry when you do it. You may. Um, be embarrassed, listen, man. Feel those feelings, dude. You'll be all right. Like, (laughs) I do a push up after me. I I promise you, you're still tough, but like, your children need to see that. Your brother needs to see that. Your neighbors, like, somebody needs to see a man walk in the power of humility because you can build a nation off that. You can build a family, it can restore community. So, it can be hard and it can be embarrassing, especially when you know you messed up. But I'll tell you what, that humiliation only lasts for a moment. The humility is what's going to be that decision that building brick now you're building from a good place and i know it's hard to do but it will it'll benefit you in the long run to be humble Admit where you may have had an opportunity, and then do better the next time. Make a right. better decision next time. If they say, "Cool, we forgive you," and you have a whole Tyler Perry movie, hey, that's beautiful. But sometimes they're still mad at you. They still yep. give them time to heal because your actions yep. may have caused consequences. So give people time yep. to heal. Don't get mad if they don't heal right away just because you got it together. Now they gotta get everybody gotta get healed because you want to get healed. It don't work like that, right. boy. Give them don't time work to like heal. That but do the right thing like foster that healing by you starting it do the right thing and ultimately keep doing the right thing keep doing the right thing keep being humble keep taking that l that l is going to begin you're going to learn from it and after a while you're going to look back and it's like things are starting to get better something in you is going to heal and that healing becomes contagious so it can be hard but i strongly um encourage you to do what you need to do to, to fix those things where you know there may have been some opportunity
0: yeah. And basically, and we're going to be
1: getting out of here in a minute,
0: but the thing is, is that we just want to, you know, you know, we're talking about being burned and all that stuff, but we want to be able to change a trajectory uh, for those that we uh, may have mismanaged time, energy, self-control, whatever we mismanage, when we all take ownership of it, we end up, then we turn around and change it to tra- uh, change the trajectory. So where you may, you may have been out of your sunlight for 12 years, I promise you, if you go through that process, take those lumps, you'll change his trajectory because every son needs his father. Every daughter needs their father. They need their father. Every brother needs his brother. Like every sister needs her brother. I mean, you you're 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 way more wanted and needed than you think you are. Like you, but the thing is that it just takes ownership. I own it. And like you said, sometimes people are gonna say, Hey man, we've been waiting, come on in sometimes they're going to say, dude, you did a lot and I don't believe you. And so now what do you have to do? Well, you have to make them believe you. Yes, it's going to take some time. That's why faith is right in the middle of business and relationship. When they tell you that you're going to have to get it and and show them, then that's when you really lock into Christ. You lock into uh, the word of God. You lock into praying. Uh, If you can't pray yourself, find someone who can actually help you understand prayer. I mean, That whole the the whole Christian part of this life uh, is based around you winning uh, from the fruits of the spirit angle. Like self-control, patience, kindness, me. That's what Christianity provides you. When somebody says, man, how do I become Christ like Christ like means that you nailing. And you're trying to go after those fruits of the spirit every single day, because that is the only way that the world knows that you're different from them, is that you're producing fruit from out of those fruit fruits of the spirit. When you shouldn't have self-control, you do have self-control. When you yeah. do, di- when, 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 when everybody has no patience and then you show patience, people go, man, you cut different, bro. Yeah. Like, how, 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 how you go, how all of this stuff and this and this and this, man, and you just like this. And then that's when you look at them and say, It's not really me, man. It's just I have a relationship with God. And in that, I'm able to do that. If I don't have that, I'm just like you. I'm tearing exactly. this place up. I mean, me and you, we laugh about that like all the time. You said, I remember me and you was talking about something, and you was like, I can't believe you didn't even flinch. And I'm like, Well, how? if if you're looking to me for something, how can I not like, how can I, how can I hold up the words that I've given you before this situation came up? I told you that, Hey, I'm consistent. I'm this, I'm that. So when something come up, I got to hold true to that, but I can only do that with a relationship with Christ. I can't, I can't, I can't meet those demands. I'm getting in in the head with
1: a D minus. (laughs) Like I'm barely passing these get degrees though, so it's like, listen, they do. But I you got oh my God, a decent, I got like a my, my great, my, my heavenly GPA, I'm barely passing. <laughs> like, I get extra credit because of the blood, like, I'm listen. barely passing, but I'm gonna make no. it.
0: Listen, I think 99% of our grade is the blood, <laughs> and I'm gonna tell you why because there's actually no good here. Your heart is wicked. The mind needs to be renewed every second of the hour on the second of the second, every second on the second. Your mind has to be renewed, not daily, but it's got to be renewed every second on the second, because anything that flashes through these eye gates triggers yeah. you to have to renew your mind. Anything Real that goes hot. in these ears, listen, renew yeah. your anything that comes out of your mouth.
1: Yeah.
0: Renew your mind.
1: dude. that. So every you can't see this drawer right now. But there, I got a cuss word on deck. I keep one <laughs> just in case things go the wrong way. I, I'm looking at seven right now. Seriously, so it's like, like I gotta renew my mind every day. Every day. day, like I need to get a new drawer. But I keep them here just in case, because every now and again, you say <laughs> it brews up, it comes through strong. You say, you know something. Be- <laughs> it it comes through. Is I'm ready. <laughs> but, but it, like you have to renew your mind daily because I'm always. I try. I, I live in grace. I try to really be, every day. I'm getting better. But this drawer, I got some customers in here for you. I got some jokes about your mama in here. Like I, I gotta kill. I gotta die to that man every day. Every because every day. Every day I gotta die to that man.
0: Every day. And the thing is, that's what people, you know. And I know you guys, you know, you look at people and you go, oh, man, these guys got this together, and the work it takes, um, with building a relationship with Christ. Because uh, salvation covers you for salvation uh, to make it to heaven. Uh, never get confused with your works as if it paved some way for you to make it into heaven. There's absolutely nothing that you can do for what Jesus did for you. So don't get that confused. Like, man, Christianity is so tough because I'm going to have to do have to do. No, you got to twist it. Twisted. There's nothing that you can do. There's absolutely nothing that you can bring to the table to benefit, to give you any kudos, to give you any uplift, no handover or nothing when it comes to, um, uh, Christianity, there's nothing that you can do. So my thing is, is that, you know, when we're talking about faith, this is something that you should really be looking into because basically you, it actually helps you because 99% of it is covered by the blood. And then there's that 1% that you got to continue to pray fast do up because see in that you're still going to be jacking up and that's why i give it 99 to the blood because in your one percent <laughs> in your praying fasting going to church praying trying to be right you're still going to be making all of these mistakes and trying to and and over time you'll start letting stuff fall off but you're going to be making these mistakes and thank god that you know that that grace and that blood covers such a Large amount of 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 you making it to heaven, like confessing with your mouth and believing in your heart, that is ninety nine percent that got you right on in there. And so then you got this one percent that you got to really work with that says, okay, now I got to die to myself, I got to die to my flesh, I got to do this. But how do I do that? I got to go dip into the ninety nine percent. Yeah, that
1: ninety nine percent. That's like affirmative action. I wouldn't get listen, in without it.
0: Listen, no, <laughs> listen, not you, no one. The only person that made it in without any of that stuff was Jesus. He's the only one that had hundred percent. He's the only one. He everybody else, uh,
1: yeah. Sponsor my whole, my whole, my whole. I need full ride scholarship.
0: Listen, everybody does. Everybody needs it, and I think that the what it is is that you keep pushing towards those uh, fruits of the spirit. And next yeah. time we have on here, I'll have a list of them, and we'll bring them up. And you can take a screenshot of ladies because the fruits of the spirit is something when you when you when you join the Christianity team and give your life over to Christ and, and start, you know, uh, getting deep into that and find out exactly what does God want from you? You'll literally find out that being Christ-like is the ultimate goal. If you're always striving to be Christlike, the other stuff literally would just kind of fall into where it needs to be. You 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 won't be in a battle with stuff because basically I'm only looking at the fruits of the spirit. And that has been literally dude. to tell you, that's been my prayer like for the last like two or three months is that every day I ask God to make, to, to, to give me the will and, and, and and that give me that strength to actually do and be those uh, fruits of the spirit so that people can see a difference in me. Yeah. Don't call yourself a Christian and there's no difference. You want to have a difference. You can't be a Christian and you look like everybody else. And, you know, we'll dive in like this is a three piece here, but, you know, hopefully Tia come back man and we'll break each one of these relationship, faith and business. And we'll give them their own attention so that we can really dive in uh, from a scriptural base when we're talking about faith and then some real business terminology to be able to talk about building ourselves with mismanagement and then management and all that stuff. So we had our hour marker, man. Listen, I appreciate it. You know, me and you, you know we could talk for about six hours on here. Um, and so what I want to do is, uh, I'm going to close out, tell the people how they can get at you, man. This guy's an author. He's got a great book. Uh, tell them about the books, tell them about the business, tell them about the, the, uh, the realtor business, go ahead, give them everything, how they can get at you, man.
1: Yeah. So everything on all social media outlets is just my first and last name. So at Terrence Puryear. it's Facebook, Instagram, YouTube, LinkedIn, everything is at Terrence Puryear. Um, my website is TerrencePurrier.com. That's where you can get my books. My books are basically about leadership, managing our influence as leaders, and also talking about how to grow through different stages of life, even when there's challenges. How do I grow through this to make sure this is a lesson learned and not just a loss that I took? And so my books are about how leaders can learn through the things that they go through and to leverage their experience as a classroom, And so uh, my books are available on my website. The first one is called um, Does Your Network, uh, which talks about leaders who don't produce results, who want to be able to produce produce results. The other one is Grow Through It, which talks about that growth, that navigational path to get to a better place, to be an effective leader. Um, Coaching programs to help people who are in business and it intertwines with leadership. All that stuff is available on my website. So you can go to TerrencePrayer.com to check that out. Real estate is more so um, the my wife's side of the business. So for people who are looking to understand the path towards homeownership, or maybe you're looking to sell or get your house on the market, she specializes in all things related to real estate. So mm-hmm. all that stuff is under the umbrella of uh, we're a husband and wife team. And so that's kind of what we do. And um, you can find her information by going to my information because I share all her stuff. Um, <laughs> right. <laughs> her name is Tayleon, T-A-Y-L-E-O-M. Same thing, at Tayleon. At on our social media outlets, so yeah, man, I appreciate the chance to come on and chop it up. I'm looking forward to coming back. Um, if you have me in the man this is a great, great conversation.
0: All right, man. Hey, so you see how you guys can get at uh big T over there, man, on all social media platforms at Terrence pierre And this is your boy Q. You guys know where you can find us on all your uh downloads, all your streaming, uh uh social media platforms, uh for the podcast. Please share with somebody, leave comments. And we'll get back at you. This is your boy Q. Peace out.